Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with someone from Mothers for Mental Health Care Reform. She is asked not to be identified. Welcome. Hi, Marge. How are you? Thank you for having me. I am doing very well. And again, thank you uh, for agreeing to come on and do this podcast with me. Okay. Can you tell us a little about yourself and why you're involved with this organization, Mothers for Mental Health Care Reform? Yes. Um, I'm a mom, first of all. Uh, I happen to be a caretaker for two sons that are ill um, with mental health issues. And they've both been diagnosed with schizophrenia. And um, I've been navigating the system for quite a long time, several years initially on our own as a family. And even though we were always told to get involved with support groups and talk to other people, we never really did. probably for a few reasons. One, you're so you're so busy trying to figure out what's going on with your child and how to fix it. And your whole energy is into all of a sudden your whole life is upside down and you're trying to get your son well or your child well. And we just didn't feel that talking to others would help, which was probably a big mistake um, looking back now. Um, because since through this journey, I'm going to call it a journey, but it's really a dark journey, um, navigating the system and trying to get the boys, the help they needed. Um, I met some pretty amazing people along the way. And yes, this podcast is a little depressing, but it also is very positive. Um, there's, there were some great angels along the way for sure to get us to this point. And some of them are fellow moms on Mothers of Mental Health Reform who have similar situation where they've been navigating the system for several years and it's it's pretty atrocious and um, it needs reform. Yeah. And we all talk about the healthcare system now falling apart and you know people going to the hospital for their physical illnesses for sure. Like it's, it's bad, but we've actually been having this situation mm-hmm. for our boys for yeah. 15, 20 years and, mm-hmm. and, and nothing's changed since the sixties. Um, yes, we have nicer buildings. We definitely have nicer buildings. There's no brick walls around the hospitals and, you know, but we have streets full of homeless people and we have, thousands of families trying to figure out what's going on and why their child is not getting the help they need. So mothers of mental health got some moms got together and said, we can't, we can't, we can't die and let our kids die. We need to do something. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we started this organization. It just started by a conversation. And then during COVID, 
So I would say, yeah, March, 2021, we started talking and then slowly, slowly just trying to get organized of, okay, like how are we going to do this? I mean, it's a huge task, right? You're, you're asking the government to change some pieces of legislation. We all know that's not easy. So, and mental health, oh my God, nobody even wants to talk about it, especially when it comes to the severe um, mental health, which I know we're going to talk about in a minute, but yeah, so that's how it came about. So we're just still in the very early, early stages. We've got a website now, we started some social media, but lots to do, lots, Mm -hmm. it's still a long road ahead for sure. Yeah. But Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think one important thing is to make this distinction between like what severe mental health is, because we're almost talking about two different things. You're talking about schizophrenia. I'm certainly familiar with the word, but I must admit, I really don't, I couldn't give you a good definition. Can you elaborate? What is schizophrenia? Yeah, well, you're right. There is no distinction. And that's probably one of the biggest issues with the mental health act it lumps all mental health illnesses sort of in one big act and it really needs to be separated we need to 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 amend it just slightly to to actually um address the these people that are falling through the cracks and not getting the help they need because of the act i understand why it was put in place Mm-hmm. And that's another whole story, but there were some key things missed and there has been no changes for 40, 50 years and it, we need to do it. So the distinction between schizophrenia is if you look on the mental health, if you, if you list all the mental health and mental health sucks, by the way, uh, and I'm not saying that there's not a lot of debilitating illnesses out there, but schizophrenia is with psychosis at the top of the most complex and the most severe uh, of the illnesses. And it's, it's for a few reasons. I mean, when my son first got diagnosed, when they told me that word, I, I, I didn't want to hear that word, Mm -hmm. just like most people didn't want to hear that word. Um, I, we probably grieved it, it, You almost grieve for your child. It's a living, they're still living. So, but they're not, they're not that, they're not the person they were, not the child you raised. Uh, sadly, their minds are distorted now and um, they're ill and uh, they will be ill for the rest of their lives. However, the most frustrating part is they can be, they can recover. They can't get cured. There's no cure for schizophrenia, um, but they can recover and have very, very full lives. And this is the most frustrating part. The way the Mental Health Act is set up, it's set up that they can't get better. And um, unless, you know, we have, we have stories of successful people that have recovered from this illness, but, you know, their families, one of them, if they, if the parents were together, most likely one of them quit their job to advocate. And, and it's almost a full-time job, just getting them into the system and getting them in front of a doctor is like that alone is 
very difficult. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a very complex. I know we we only have a certain amount of time, so it's very difficult to 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 get into all the issues with it. But schizophrenia is complex because you could have three people with the same diagnosis, yet they all have different symptoms, and that's what even gets difficult to get them even diagnosed with schizophrenia because it starts off with very subtle things that so just to go back schizophrenia is usually diagnosed and obviously there are ones that are younger and older but generally for men between 18 and 23 is that key time where they would get ill and get diagnosed so here you are you imagine you raise your child you there's no trauma in their background they're they have a full life, lots of friends, great family, successful in high school, get into college or university, and all of a sudden something happens to them and you get a call. You know, your child's acting strange. You think, what's going on? Or, you know, are they going through stress, anxiety? Are they taking something? But no, they've they've crashed. They they're in full blown psychosis. They're hallucinating, they have delusions, they may be hearing voices. There's just so many things that could be going on. Um, and that's pretty scary when we watch movies and, and we listen to the news and we only hear about schizophrenia when it's really tragic circumstances. And the people that are going through it know that those families didn't just leave their child initially those families most likely have been navigating the system for years trying to get their child help and can't as silly as that sounds they can't and the child gets sicker and sicker and then tragedy happens but yet i can tell you stories where people have are recovered they're married they have jobs like professional jobs they work and the only difference is is they got the help they needed and that is a a doctor two most likely a bed um proper medication the time to make sure the medication was working community support after being released from the hospital and a family to help them get to the next step so all it's not a quick fix it's not like you go in for surgery you recover, you're out, you do some rehab and you're, you're fine. Mm -hmm. No, it's not that it, it, it's a little more complex, but it, it is possible. Mm -hmm. And, and the frustrating part is there is medications out there. But families don't know about it. They're not introduced to the, some of the, you know, medications that can really bring their child to recovery. It took me three years to get my kids into CAMH. You know, three years, it's the biggest mental health hospital in Canada. And it took me three years because we live in York region to get them into CAMH. Mm. And yeah. that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if it's like, if you, God forbid your child has serious cancer and you go to princess Margaret and they're at the door and they say, sorry, we have no beds for you. You have to go home and take care of your child. Okay. Yeah. And here's some pamphlets for you to read. And you can call these numbers and, and get some support. But you have to go take care of your child at home. There's no hospital bed here for you. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. that's exactly what's Thank happening. Yeah. You know, Ooh. and when I explain this to people, they're saying, this can't be. This is Canada. That's, we have health care. 
we do have healthcare and, and thank goodness we do, but we don't have good healthcare for mental health. And especially for people that have no insight for their mental health. And when they're in full-blown psychosis, they actually have no insight that they're ill. They think everything is real. So how does somebody who has no insight and thinks everything that's real uh, is supposed to say, yes, I need help. It, mm-hmm. they can't. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Ooh. So this is, this is the problem. And, and um, I, there's, you know, there's so many things, like I said, we met along the way and we, believe it or not, in some cases, my kids were quite lucky, even though they're both diagnosed with this awful disease, traumatic disease, it throws families upside down. Yeah, it, It's, um, I mean, police, <laughs> uh, my, my police probably know my house. Like it, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. Oh, how it's, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, just a, a couple of quick questions. You mentioned about boys, but I don't believe schizophrenia is only a male disease. Is that, that's correct. Absolutely. I'm sorry. It is, it does affect both females and males. There is, it does not stigmatize against any race mm-hmm. or any any um, gender. It's right across the world. I think it's 21 million worldwide right now and growing. Um, it's quite actually, from my understanding, it's becoming a little bit of an epidemic for younger uh, teenagers currently. Uh, and again, do, do people know why certain kids? Yes, of course, there's a genetic. Um, for some people, it's, it could be a genetic disposition. But many are saying if the, their child was using a lot of cannabis or, um, you know, it, it got them ill. They they were in college, they were smoking a lot, and all of a sudden they're ill. So I, I don't know if doctors really know. And yeah what the real cause is. Some people are saying it's a chemical imbalance. Some people are saying it's a hormonal thing. There's a lot of studies going on. There's okay. a lot of studies and money being put in, which is amazing. That, yeah. Good to hear. Which is really good to hear. It's very slow mm-hmm. for the people that are in crisis. Mm-hmm. It seems, you know, very far off, but I'm thankful that money is being put in. People are talking about it, but without the change, to get them access to care mm-hmm. it we're still going to have a lot of people on the street and a lot of families crushed and you know it's mm-hmm. it's i we still remember that the first day we were in that hospital we we didn't have a diagnosis and the the, the mental health um it wasn't the doctor it was a social worker i guess came first and he and he said please be prepared it's a very long and dark journey mm. yeah yeah, that's uh, really uh, this this what we really want to talk about is how you need support, you need family support, that it is an all consuming uh, issue. It's not just like if you got need need surgery and you need someone to come in to help bathe you and get you walking and make sure you have something to eat. It is much more than that. And uh, yeah. I don't think. Uh, a lot of people really understand that. And that's, that's so unfortunate that um, there isn't the support for it. I I want to believe, I do believe that we really don't want to have it that way, 
we just almost have been afraid of the disease. Do you think that's possible? Uh, possibly. I also think it's just, it's, it's not a quick fix, right? Yeah. It's, you know, and, and yes, the thing is, is the governments will say it's money, but what they, we've actually proven and done the research a little bit is if they put the money right at the beginning and, and give them a little bit longer term beds and get them stable, Mm-hmm. that they actually won't be coming repeatedly back to the hospital yeah. and that over time they actually are going to save money per patient because right now it's a revolving door you know they they give them a little bit of meds let's see if it's going to work go home it doesn't work they end up back in the hospital and just it's just this revolving door in and out and in and it costs a lot of money and a lot mm-hmm. of resources and it's just there's no it's just money is being thrown at mental health, but there's no or there's no strategic planning where that yeah. money's going. Yeah. You know, and and this is when I hear Doug Ford say, Oh, we gave, you know, five hundred thousand or whatever they said last year or the year before to mental health. I we would like to know where. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we know that they've got the suicide lines and they've done this, and that's all great, but there's this whole <laughs> section that's not being addressed. And and those are the, those are the people, sadly, that are on our streets, you know, yeah. and um, yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, it's quite sad. It is. You've said that you almost a full-time job just to make sure that your sons are looked after. Can you sort of yeah. elaborate on like, what really is it that take, is all consume, time consuming for you? Think of a toddler, okay. <laughs> right? You have to do their laundry. You have to wake them up. You have to take them to their doctor's appointments. You have to make sure they get to their doctor's appointments. You pick up their meds. You make sure they take their meds. Um, you cook for them. You, you can't really leave on vacation anywhere unless you have a as somebody to come in and make sure that they're taking their meds, you know, um, you really, your whole life changes. Like you're, you're taking care of an adult child, like they were a toddler Mm. and you have no choice because if they're not on their meds, they're going to end up either in jail or in the hospital or in a coffin. (laughs) So, and we don't get any support financially as a caretaker's, yeah. We, we, we just have to quit our jobs and do it. We, there's no, yes, you can put your child on disability and get them labeled. Um, we've chosen not to because we are still pushing for recovery. Yeah. And, and recovery means that they will be able to work and have live on their own and have a life. And mm-hmm. I, yeah. And, and the thing is with disability is they're not allowed to have any assets or anything. It, it It's a very, everything is complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing is straightforward. Everybody's life is different. Everybody's stage of life is different. Um, I've met people that have recovered and are working. So to me, that's what I'm, that's what that's I want my kids to have. Right. Yeah, they work to these children they had full lives like they can have full lives the medication is there everything is there just let us access it you know Mm -hmm. it's uh yeah it's very it's very Very complicated and uh i believe there's a lot of stigma as well yeah you know the the reason i don't want to be identified is not so much for me um I mean, really, we've had so much embarrassment just alone on our street when you have to call the police and you have 
50 police cars showing up in front of your house. There's, there's no more privacy. Trust me. Mm-hmm. It's more for the boys. Um, because when they do get to that recovery stage, I want them to be treated as normal as possible. I don't want people to think in the back of their head, Oh, that, you know, that was so-and-so and he, you know, what happened to him? And I want them when they get to that point where they can work and where they can um, live on their own. And my oldest son does part-time live on his own. So, Mm -hmm. but when they get to that, where they really have full lives that, you know, my husband and I can grow old and not worry that when something happens to us, that they will still have a life. Um, I don't want, I want them to be treated as normal as possible. So that's mainly why, you know, I think it's their story to tell. Maybe if they would like to share that information at that point, then, then that would be different. But I just feel like it's, Another mom used those words. It's not our story to tell. It's their story to tell. Yeah. So, and that's why, but at the same point, I hit myself on the head and I say, but are we being, we're telling people not to have stigma yet. We won't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, but yeah, yeah, it's mainly for privacy for the boys. For the boys. Yeah. I do believe over say the last decade or so, uh, there has been a decrease in mental health, uh, the stigma for mental health, it certainly I don't think has gone away, but it's we are now talking about it, and I'm 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 glad that we've got to that point, and yes, I do believe we've got a long way to go, um, just in stigma, but also, as you've said, we've got a long way to go to addressing the whole issue of being a um, more caring, compassionate community. Yes, hundred percent. I we do uh, listen. I'm not. Any step about talking to mental health, I, I'm for it. I, I know that depression and anxiety and, you know, suicide lines, those are all, everybody's talking about it. Those are, believe it or not, as terrible as it sounds, those are safe conversations. Yeah. Um, start talking about people that have schizophrenia or in deep psychosis or, and that is still not talked about. And, and I understand why. But the thing is, is those people don't have to be in that position. There's actually, they can actually get better. Mm. And and this is, we don't have to have our streets. Like we've gotten rid of asylum asylums, but our streets are full of them. Yeah. We didn't really get rid of them. We just replaced no. the venue. So instead of having a roof over their head, they don't have a roof over their head. Uh, I mean, those places were awful. I'm not saying to go back to that, but we, ne- the, we never really planned it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like close this. But they need, we there needed to be a middle and wasn't given, you know. Yeah. So, and now we're in a crisis, and yeah. It's, yeah, and now we're saying we need change, and it and it's you look at it all, and they are helping the homeless here and helping them, but they're not really helping the root cause. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the root cause has to be helped as well, just like an, an illness, right? You can yeah. take your time at all, but if you're not treating why you're getting those headaches then you're not really solving the problem. No, we need systemic change. And yeah. uh, definitely we do. And that we could talk for a long time about what we could, uh, our, your desire, my desire for having a better community, but better society, better healthcare system, better mental health care system. So we're going to do a part two in the near future. But I did want to end this um, on a positive note. 
and ask you, uh, name one thing that you really do like about this community. Yeah, so I live in north, a little more north uh, Richmond Hill in the little suburb called Oak Ridges, mm -hmm. which we accidentally came upon 17 years ago and fell in love with it and just fell in love with the the surroundings, the the lake, the you know, the the moraine, every everything about it and the neighbors. I we liked that it was very culturally diverse and people are generally really community spirited here. And we just you know, we talked about moving over time and we said, now we're going to renovate. We really like it here. This is where we're going to stay. So, yeah. So yeah. Richmond Hill is our community and our home. And sure, there's lots that could be done with it, but there's a lot of great things in it as well. Okay. Yeah. I love to hear that. So, again, thank you for coming on and talking to me today. Uh, you know, it's a hard conversation. We will have in the podcast notes uh, this the web link to the website and your Instagram uh, posts, which you've told me really talk about uh, the successes, the recovery. And um, that, of course, is so, so important. So, uh, again, thank you. And we will uh, we'll continue this conversation in the near future. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marge, M-A-R-J, at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.